0: So, so this summer, as you, if you've been here, you know we're doing the David Letterman Show, and uh, we're interviewing people. So that's our format, format. and as Ian said, um, we're interviewing internationals and immigrants. This should be fun, but I, I just wanted to, to briefly, you know, it's, this church is unusual in that we have such a heart for the nations, and obviously we send people overseas and you know to reach the lost and to fulfill the Great Commission, and and, and uh, we want to see see the lost saved. But we want to see this church be a multiracial, multicultural kind of a kind of a church. And so why is that? You know, why do we do things like we sing in Yor- Yoruba, which you know, that's kind of odd, and we have, we've got all these flags and and uh, um, so, we have a scripture here. In Revelations, this is a picture of eternity. Uh, You're worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain, and, you, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you made them a kingdom and priest to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth forever. So, this it's a picture of eternity. So, as we are... are welcome immigrants in our midst, we're preparing and practicing for eternity. That's what we're doing. And, uh, th- and there's another scripture that, that's even more so. Uh, his intent now was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. That, that phrase, manifold wisdom, manifold, it means like the multifaceted wisdom of God. God is so big, he's got it's like a huge diamond, all these different facets there. And one small, pretty white New England church can't reflect all those different facets. So we need people from, who are different than us, who talk different, Say brochure and and, <laughs> and 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 see God differently and reflect God differently. They just see God's God is bigger than than we are. So that's why we we, we do what we do. And and today, uh, we're going to talk to immigrants, and people who have who have left their homes and left everything that's that's normal, left the food they like, and come to America. And so we're gonna uh, we've got. Uh, we have two Indians, and five Africans, and a lone Czech. So, so first we have Abel and Esther Ramasamy. So why don't you come on up? You're from India, and why don't you tell us why you came here? Why did you decide to come a long way? It, it should be on. I praise the Lord. Good morning,
1: everyone. So. Um, um, we, I just, uh, we came here for to, you know, to work, you know, um, other than that, there is no, nothing else, like, we, we, had, we just got an opportunity to work here, and um, so that's why we came here. Any any sense that God was, was leading you here, or? Um, yeah, so, uh, before uh, I come to America, I was in South Africa uh, for uh, three, four years and uh, that time we got engaged. Uh, she is not, uh, her mother's parents is not interested for me to go to abroad. They want to be with her daughter. So um, we were, uh, we planned to stay at uh, India. I, I was there for two, three years. Then somehow like uh, she started saying that, uh, why don't you try, go to, you know, foreign country. Her, her mind got changed. Then we were praying, and uh, uh, one day I went to, uh, to my manager and asked, like, hey, uh, do you have any on-site opportunity? Then immediately she said, okay, you apply for America. You can go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got surprised because there are a couple of people in my team. They are asking this question to my manager for a long period of time, maybe two, three years, but she didn't uh, say yes to them. All of a sudden, she said, so I think that it's all because of Lord Jesus Christ. We prayed and we got that.
0: Great. Yeah. So, so, Esther, when you first came to the United States, um, what was it like? Was it what you expected? Was it, was it good? Was it bad? Was it, what was it like? Um,
2: first, good morning, praise the Lord. And I have to say vanakkam in my language, vanakkam. So uh, the very first time I came to this country, we landed in the Boston and uh, both uh, and my son Jeffrey, now at that time he is two years old. All the way I'm asking, why like this? What is this? So many whys and what's in my mind. So, in front of uh, uh, my car, there is, uh, first time I saw the caption, live free or die. (laughs) What a beautiful caption it is. First time I don't know what it is, and now I realize it's an apt caption for this place. I love that. Then, uh, in my country, I never see snow. You know, the very first time I saw the snow, I was so excited. So, I played a lot in the snow. The first time, oh, so good. And second time, oh, good. And fourth day, I fed up with snow. <laughs> so, I was, stu- I was stuck in the room I couldn't move outside I don't know to try how to I don't have the license yeah uh, the, we used to go in the library he dropped uh, he, me and Jeffrey in the library I saw a beautiful face that is Hannah Baker that she she, she voluntarily ca- came and talked to me I was I was know, uh, I feel every, every time I was shy, even though every time I came here, I sit in the back, I don't want to sit in the front. That's the way I, I am. So she came and talked to me, and she told about this church. She, uh, she told about the international day that, that's going to happen here. So we just, I told to my husband and I, we came here. There are so many different peoples are here gathering and praising God. And really, I want, we want to say thanks to even Roger. Wow, what a beautiful song he sang. Her language. So, you know, one day we came. Uh, we enter into the uh, this room. I he is singing our, uh Hindi song. I had a goosey bump, so.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I, definitely. Like, uh, yeah. sorry to interrupt you. So, so yeah. So that is kind of you know we feel like a home. You know. So uh, we have been invited by Hannah Baker uh, in 2017 uh, International. Uh, Sunday, from that Sunday onwards, we are coming here. Uh, So, uh, when my mother tongue is not basically Hindi, my mother tongue is Tamil. But Hindi is one of the regional languages in India, like most of the people speaking language. So, when Ian Roger was singing that song, yeah, we were very happy. In that day, really, I felt like, hey, we are in our church. I don't feel like, oh, we are in some foreign country church, something like that. So, I was very happy. And uh, so far, I never face any issues in this church. Every time when I come in, people will welcome me, hug me. It's just a new experience for us. And um, i very much thank you for each and everyone for uh, giving such opportunity and welcome us. And special thanks to the Baker's and family for. Uh, and also, like I want to, uh, know, uh, tell two two person about uh, in this church. Uh, when we landed here, like, we don't have a car, we have a small kid, so all the stores will be, like, too far. Uh, so, um, um, Friday, uh, like, Sunday night, we came here, and we stayed in the uh, uh, hotel. Uh, then, three, after four days, we got the, you know, um, uh, apartment. So, Friday morning, I got the apartment, and that day, is like, a, a working day for me. Uh, I, uh, I stayed at a home and I was working, we don't have a food, we didn't have breakfast, lunch, Jeffrey was two years old and I want to go to you know, um, uh, uh, you know, a restaurant or some, something to buy. I have a forex card that is not acceptable by the Uber so I am not able to book Uber also. At the same day I have lots of meeting but these people are very hungry. Uh, we don't know what to do, and uh, there was an um, when I was in India, back in India, people used to tell that, hey, American is not uh, so much helpful. They will be like independent. they will not uh, know help you something like that. So they created something on my mind. So I'm really scared to you know talk to an American to ask for help. But all of a sudden we we got a door knock, we opened it, our neighbor uh, we used to call him uh, uh, Bill uncle, uh, in India, like we, we will not call elder with their name. We will use a brother or word in front of their name. We should not call them by name. But he knocked the door and he said, Hey guys, where are you from? He said, India. Do you need any help? We said, yes, immediately. <laughs> he took us. He's our godfather. He took us. He took to me their restaurant, uh, Indian market, everywhere. And he gave his car, through his car, I took a drive test, I took the car, you know. He was very helpful. In that time, I was railing, oh, somebody gave a wrong information about American. It's not like that. (laughs) Then, when he was moving away from our apartment, he gave intro to another uncle. He was helping as like anything. You believe it or not, last one year, he used to pick up my son, drop school, and, you know, and most many times I offer him a money, he will not accept it. Okay? Then we got the Baker's family. Okay? So, we really want to thank uh, this two uncle and Baker's family for their help. Okay? I know that this is all because of Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? It's everything in Lord's hand. He knows that his son is going to America. He is decided to help us Okay, and, and thank you so
0: much for them, and thanks for Lord. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, in general, have you found Americans to be welcoming and friendly, or have you experienced some hostility or even racism because you're from India? Um, we never face uh, racism here so far.
1: Well, I don't think that, uh, you know, maybe I, I hesitate to talk to some people, they will come forward and they say hi, good morning and all. In India, like, I don't think that we will say even for our colleague, right? So morning when we're going, if we see someone, we didn't greet them. But here's like even stranger is greeting them. It's very new to us. So I don't think that I'm finding any, you know, anything like that.
0: How about you, Esther? Ever? Yeah,
2: um, I had a great opportunity, a chance. Like, I went to ESL class. So, I can meet international uh, people there. So, uh, some, somewhat we are, we are very hard to communicate language. But, uh, I thank God to show God's people to me. So, really I, I, I realize that God is with me. So uh, I was so uh, thankful I was thankful, and uh, I am thankful, I am always thankful God. so because God showed me his people, this is a big thing for us. I experienced I experienced and uh, I am a real testimony for that without knowing nobody in this country, God gave everything, a good family, I say family, because I called Mrs. Kathy Baker, mom, you know, I am so happy. This this birthday, she bring me to her home, and last birthday also, you know, I miss my mom, uh, my family, but uh, God gave a new family here. That's great. So That's great. I'm so happy. I'm so thankful for everybody. Everybody, if I enter to this building, everybody say, hi, hi. Even though, even they don't know my name. They say, hi, how are you? That's the way you are all encouraging to come over here. Thank you for that.
0: So Norbert and Denise, could you come on up? You obviously are not from here, so Norbert, tell us where you're from and why you came here. Okay, um, oh, you need that.
3: <laughs> so I'm um, from Nigeria, and I came to New Hampshire for my graduate studies. So I arrived there in um, 2016, and have pretty much been here since then. Just traveled out once to go see my wife's family, during the Christmas of 2017, but for the past three years, I've been in New Hampshire here.
0: And Denesa, how did you get here?
4: So obviously because of my husband. <laughs> so we arrived 2016, uh, yes, together. But I think my experience is uh, a bit different from his own because you know he came and he stayed, but I've been coming and going for past four years because I just concluded my studies in Bulgaria. So I come here for a few months, and then go back, and like that. So I just recently settled here now.
0: So you're here, here now? For yes. Now, do you intend to stay here permanently, or are you going to go back someplace?
4: <laughs> I think we, we have not agreed yet, but <laughs> I think we can say for the next couple of years we will stay here as you know, we still have some s- studies to conclude and maybe I will start my graduate school. Uh, but for future, we still have disagreements between Europe and America, <laughs> so. <laughs> Wherever the money is, we'll go there. Wherever the money is, we'll go
3: there. <laughs> <laughs> the, practical. Whole, the whole idea of coming <laughs> to graduate school is to get a good job at the end of it all. So if I get a good job in Africa, I'll go back to Africa it's in Asia, or move to Asia,
0: so So, so when you first came, yeah. landed, had you, had you ever come to a, the United States before? No, that so, was our first. So what, so what was it like?
3: Okay, um, it, it was the, the, the first day we took a walk. We landed um, in the night. So the next day in the morning, we took a walk. We went to Hanaford in Durham. And we met a lot of people on the road and they were smiling and greeting us. And I turned to my wife and I said, does this happen in your country? She says, no. See, it doesn't happen in mine, too. Like, in my country, it's usually the reverse. You see the younger ones greeting the um, older ones on the way. Not the other way around. I've met met a lot of folks in their 50s, 60s, smiling, greeting us. It was very you welcome and very heartwarming to see that. And it doesn't happen like that in my country. No,
0: okay.
4: In my country, it's even different than yours. In my country, the young ones, they pretend as if they don't see the old ones, so they don't need to greet them. (laughs) So we were pleasantly surprised, yeah. Yeah.
0: So when you came, I assume you left family, and I mean, how was that? Was that hard?
3: I've, I've been a nomad since I was 18, so it was pretty much standard for me. I left home then go home once in a while, so for me it wasn't, it wasn't so much of a, a sacrifice or a cut off of my family per se it was okay for i mean I have no complaints okay
0: yeah. so so, so um, in general, have you found that uh, Americans have been have welcomed you warmly or uh, been friendly like that, or is it
3: I, I, I think it's generational like um, Most of the older Americans I've met, 40s, 50s, 60s have been very, very wonderful to us. Then maybe because I stay in a university environment, I don't know what the the younger ones don't really have time for anybody except what they want to do at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the experience I've had. But in the church here, for instance, when we're moving to our new apartment, I spoke to Isaac, Isaac Moore, about it, and before I knew I had, Obadiah and Sierra, I had Nate since. I had a couple of people come help me move my stuff. Then I've been invited to dinner by the Lawrence's. I've been helped out a lot by the um, Myers. Like, I've had so many people in church. The younger generation, like myself, help us out a lot. But in school, I've had different experiences with the younger generation. But in church, in school, everywhere I've met the older generation, it has been a different story altogether. They're always nice, always friendly, always helpful
0: ever experience any hostility <clears throat> or racism because of your, your immigrants?
3: Um, once, I went to a grocery store and someone, barely twenty three, twenty four 24, called me a boy. So I, I, he was smiling, walking towards me. We were walking in opposite directions. So I now told him, hi. Then he said, how are you doing, boy? So it took me a minute to, you know, figure out that no, that's wrong. So at that moment, I didn't know how to react. Should I confront him, tell him, or just, I just chose to ignore him. Then I've had issues at work where I came into the office, they put me in a seat away from everybody else, because I was only a foreigner in the office at that moment. A lot of those people are very good friends of mine now. Some of them not yet. Still intend to get them on the wagon. So I I always have that one thing, I don't really let it bother I me. Mean, it doesn't slow me down. But yes, I've experienced that. Sure.
0: Yeah. Sure. I have. So, uh, I assume you were part of parts of churches in y- in your home countries. How how is this different than there?
4: <coughs> well, I cannot say I was a part of the church in my home country. Um, it's a whole different story in Czech Republic. I. I uh, read some statistics I don't know how true they are but I read that Czech Republic is the least religious country in, in Europe which I think it's it might be true. So um well I became a believer when I lived in Africa in Kenya specifically. So my whole Christianity and discovering Jesus was you know that in that African culture. It was African. <laughs> yes. Um and then I I've been traveling since then. So, um, church in Czech Republic, I mean, it's, it's a sad story. It's a sad story. I live next to the church, like literally, like where this building is, like 100 meters, there is a church. Every Sunday, you don't see like people there. People Nobody just either. don't go. And it's a beautiful building, but, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: how, how about you, Norbert? How is it um, different than yeah. in Nigeria?
3: Nigeria, we have a lot of churches. Every street, there's a church. Some streets you find two or three churches there. So, um, Christianity is one of the major religions in Nigeria. It's either you're a Christian or you're a Muslim, or you're one of the other minor, I don't believe in God um, people. So, being a Christian in Nigeria is pretty simple. It's not something you hide, you say it out boldly, because everyone will expect you better to be either either a Christian or a Muslim. The um, difference now between church back home and church here is that there is really, there is little or no community outside the church, like, or inside the church rather. Let me say, people come to church, meet themselves on a Sunday, say hi, greet, ask about their family and their lives, go home and that's it, till next Sunday or next prayer meeting. Over here, someone sends an email, let's have a barbecue, Dover residents. we all gather in Dover, we're having a barbecue. You know, there's that community. Someone has a baby, we have a rooster who is going to cook and take it to the um, new mother. The community that we have in this church here, I have gone to a couple of churches in Africa and I, in Nigeria and I have not seen that community. It's just meet on Sunday, go, meet the next day, go, that's it.
0: Which is why everyone should join one of those groups that Ian just talked about. <laughs> yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So... so would you have any advice to the church here about how we can uh, befriend internationals and immigrants and, and just be more open?
3: I don't think the church can do, yeah, more than anything different from what the church is doing right now. I, we, we, I mean, we, we used to stay in Durham. Our first year we stayed in Durham. And we have churches in Durham. Um, um, Professor Funsho invited us over to this church. We came here, first thing we saw was the flags. We said, okay, we had a lot of flags here. you know." So we now got to meet people, got to make friends, and we take the bus from Durham to Portsmouth every Sunday to attend church service. I mean, there's only one reason why we would do that because we felt at home here.
0: So you have to bring, take the bus?
3: We, we used to take the okay. bus before we had a couple of church members drive us to church. Okay then we had our own car so but to make that trip all the way to church every Sunday means we feel at home we're welcome here.
0: Nice. Is there a Nigerian flag here? Yes, Czech flag? That's the first one here. No, there's no <laughs> Czech flag. All right. I'd love to chat longer, but yeah. we've got other folks. So okay. thanks. Our next our next guests are Funcho and Bola. So come on up. Funcho and Bola are also from Nigeria. So you probably don't know it, Funcho and Bola are, are probably our most highly educated members. So that should count for a lot. So I'll let you have the microphone. So, you. so you came here a long time ago. When did, when did you, you both come?
5: Uh, well, I came here uh, January 18, 1993. So that's a long time ago. I always tell people, say, when did you come, I say I've been here forever. Um, <laughs> Uh, why did I come? I came on a post-doctoral uh, research fellowship to Amherst College in Massachusetts. So I was there for s- six months. And then I went to Washington University in St. Louis. I was there for three years. And then came to uh, University of New Hampshire in January 1996. By then, my wife has
6: joined me. She was
0: So she America. wasn't here all that time?
6: Yeah, that time. I want to speak.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
6: so I came um, 1995 to join him. So we were geographically separated for three years uh, with two kids that I was caring for. So I came December 1st, 1995 to join him in St. Louis for one month before we came January of 1996. And we drove through a blizzard. We thought it was a joke. When
5: they said blizzard was coming, Say said, just snow, no problem. So, but it took us four days because the roads were closed and shut down <laughs> before we got here.
0: So, so think back to when the first time you, know, you flew in and you're, you're here in the United States. What was it like for you? i assume you'd left family back home and yeah
5: the first the first one for me was a i will call it climatic shock (laughs) it was the first time i would be traveling out of africa it was the first time i would actually be seeing snow and so when our plane was about to land the pilot said it was i don't know whether 15 (laughs) degrees, um and It was still the sun was so bright in the sky, and I turned to the person near me. I said, "How can it be 15 degrees when it is so hot?" Oh, and she said, "Don't. What is happening over there has nothing to do with what is happening there." (laughs) So when we landed and came out of the airport, I I was so sure I was going to die, (laughs) but I'm still alive today. So.
0: How about you, Bola? What, what was it like?
6: Yeah, um, actually, I came December, so the old streets were littered with and with decorations, and so I'm like, "Wow, this is so beautiful! How will we ever be like, you know?" Um, but then came January, everything was cleared, so <laughs> I faced reality. Um, but I also noticed the difference between St. Louis and New Hampshire. Um, the cultural shock for me in St. Louis was we start, where we went to his cho- the church he was attending and people were so nice, they were hugging and that was cultural shock for me for opposite sex to be hugging Don't me. Do that. And I'm like, wow, this is, um, what's this about. And then coming to New Hampshire, I was expecting that. I was expecting that's going to happen, but that was not the case. The no case no was, hugging in New Hampshire. It was
7: uh, <laughs> a handshake. Like. And I'm like,
6: wow, that's also different. <laughs> yeah.
0: and it's like double culture shock. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, So uh, before you came, you must have had a picture of what the United States was like. Did it mat- match up to your picture? I
5: think it did to a great extent. I mean, you, you hear great stories about the United States, you know. Uh, people here, when you think, people think people outside the world don't actually think positively about this country. Actually, people think very positively about this country. All the bad stuff or negative stuff. They don't hear them, or they don't care about them. It's the big story of a great country. A one, It's like going to a, a another heaven, because you have not been there, and you hear all this great story. So I think it, 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 it fits it in some ways that I, I wasn't disappointed with anything. The only area I was disappointed, maybe in the area of Christianity. I was expecting that there would be, this is the Christian country, you know? Because over there all the big names in Christianity, they are all from America. So I was expecting everybody will be Christian. So when I got here and I was mentioning some big names, nobody knows them.
6: And it's like I actually remember we were in Dover at a Christian bookstore, and I was desperately looking for the latest book of Kenneth Hagin. And they said, oh, is Kenneth Hagin. Like, are you serious? You don't know who <laughs> Kenneth Hagin is? <laughs> I was completely shocked because those are books that when you become Christian, you begin to feed on them to know the authority of a believer. So you don't know what that is? I was shocked.
0: S- so you you've discovered that uh, for many Americans, that the church and Christianity doesn't have a great reputation. And so, so what would you say to someone to, not a Christian uh, to talk about your faith?
6: Um, yeah, I think uh, I mean we've experienced that. That is, it seems as if Christians are being intimidated here, and we cannot say you are a Christian, oh, because. The federal government pays your money, so you can't mention church. There was a time I was about to let go of my job because I said, God will take care of it. And they said, what does God ask to do with anything? Uh, so usually what I start with, people, is uh, how is your spirituality? They love that. <laughs> they want to tell me whether it's new age, or they go to church, or their parents used to go to church before, but they don't. So that's the way I approach telling people about, or witnessing to people about their, their life. And at times people, we pick it up and say, um, you must be a Christian for whatever (laughs) reason. I don't know how. They just pick it up from my face, and we start to talk about that. (coughs) Just, I mean, like uh, Nobet
5: said earlier, uh, in Nigeria, for instance, um, everybody is, is a religious society. So everybody's religious. So when you talk about religion or faith, nobody's surprised. People expect it, you know, that whichever one. Getting here, you discover that it's almost like a cultural conspiracy that if you're a Christian, keep it to yourself. It's private. Over there, it's not private. You are not supposed to keep anything to yourself, and nobody is surprised that you carry it around. So for that reason, it's actually easier to be Christian there than it is here. It's more challenging. You have to relate this, make up your mind. This is what I'm going to do. I always tell people when I first arrived there, for the first few weeks, I didn't go to any church. So one morning, I just woke up, I said, I'm not going to allow this country to make a pagan out of me. I will just get out. Any church that I find on the street, whichever first church, I will go in. And that was how I started attending churches. Uh, sharing our faith, I think the way, for me, the way it's worked is I realized that because people are not exposed to Christianity, but when I tell people, They ask me, why are you here? And I tell them, God asked me to come here. They are shocked. And I say, "Why?" I say, because I had other options and I wanted, and I pray, and God said, no, don't go there. This is where you should go. So they are interested, that God could be so interested that he would tell you specifically what to do. And that amazes them. You know, I had a student like that, that she was asking, "Uh, why are you here? And I told her, that it was because God asked me to come I, and I told her I got a job in three places. I wanted to go to another place and God said, no, I can't go and I fought with God for a while. Eventually, I gave up and she just couldn't deal with it. But that was how she became a Christian. She became a Christian that very day after we finished talking, joined the Christian fellowship on campus, became the girlfriend of the president of the fellowship. And they got married. And she wrote me from Alabama and said, it's because of me that she's marrying this person and that I must come to the wedding. So there, I tried nice. to just tell them, this God is not a joke. It's real. That's the way I present it because you can't use theology or argument or reason. But when you make it so personal, people hear about it.
0: Nice. That's nice. So, so what advice would you give to us how we can, can uh welcome internationals and immigrants in our midst?
6: Um, I mean, we are doing a great job. Look at that, uh, you know, the flag and all of that. Just uh, knowing that we are not that different from each other as maybe media or politician, we sell that to us. We are human beings, we bleed the same. If, To celebrate our similarities and lean into our differences, we have to lean into so many different things and I think love trumps all of that. Um, Not to be too careful. When we are careful not to step toes, it becomes very awkward and actually causes a divide. We had the honor of having two couples to our home recently and we had a blast. We heard, uh, we joked, we laughed, everybody was giggling. Just ask a couple, how did you meet? That's all. And the day was full of laughter. We had a blast. So just celebrating one another, we are not so different. asking questions is okay, I will not be offended. I will be so glad to tell you about my culture. I love cultures, I've been to so many countries. I just love culture, I love people, and if I don't know, I will
0: ask. Nice, yeah.
6: well, uh, I mean, you are,
5: this is not to make you feel too, too proud there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're actually doing great, you know. We've been to many churches, this is, this church is doing great as far as uh, a conscious deliberate effort to be inclusive, to create a diverse multicultural It's not in every church you see flags like this. You know, the song that you sang this morning, Oluwa Tobi, is actually in our language. Nigeria has over 300 languages. That one is from Yoruba, which is the language that we speak. So it's, um, I mean, those are, they are kind of small, small things, you know? So I think people just need to be genuinely welcoming, you know? You don't just tolerate people, you welcome them, you show interest in them. Uh, if they're already here coming to church, you're, they are, that's a big, huge one, because they're already here. You know, people will keep coming if they feel welcome, if they also are friends, Because if you don't have friends and you're always alone, when the church breaks, nobody talks to you. Eventually, you will stop coming. So let's reach out to people. I remember the very first day we came here, a family in the church, I don't think they are here today, they live in Newfield, actually invited us the very first day to come to their house. The very first day we arrived. That was very unusual. They didn't even check us out, whether we are... Kind of dangerous, so. You know, <laughs>
0: uh,
5: so, but that I was, that was very impressive. So, I think it's the leadership. There's a commitment from the leadership, which is important because without that, and then the other thing is that creating a multicultural church is not a simple process. It's also a painful process. It's okay to be uncomfortable. You know, everybody cannot get it at the same time. But if the leadership could, if people eventually, people will get there. Because you're asking people to make sacrifices, to, to go outside their comfort, comfort zone. It is all right to be uncomfortable. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. But so I think it's a genuine commitment to friendship that we make it work. So awesome. keep on doing
6: the good thing that you are doing. I just wanted to say that when new immigrant or person that is different comes in, it's maybe we should not start asking them questions about why are you here, what brought you in. All of those is like, oh, am I, are these people ice again, you know? It's Mm -hmm. like, so it just shut them down and maybe they will not come next Sunday. But if you ask me why am I here, you've known me for a while now, I could talk about that, but people just coming for the first time, just surrounding them and asking many questions about why they are here may not be the best Amen. thing. I mean, it's it's, it's an Amen. innocent question, yeah, but in the atmosphere in which we are
5: in this country, it can mean something else. So when you say, oh, uh, where did you come from? Why are you here? These are good questions that you want to interact with people, but you have to ask them in such a way that it's not like saying, what have you come to do here? Why don't you go back to your country? That's the way sometimes people hear those questions, and that's why it's important. You need to just show genuine interest in what people are doing rather than trying to interrogate them uh, in a sense.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. So our next couple, they're also Africans. So Evan and Tracy. Come on up. We, we know Evan is African because he's got his hat. So uh, you're obviously from South Africa and uh, your story's a little, little different. You've been here less time. Uh, why did you come here?
8: First of all, yes we are from South Africa, but in particular we're from Cape Town which is Absolutely stunning, and we're very proud of it. It has a population of four million people.
0: So, so why, why would you ever come to New Hampshire? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you all want to visit now, right? <laughs> so
7: we actually um, we entered... You, uh, probably most Americans don't know about the green card lottery, but we entered the green card lottery. We just felt... Um, it's a long story. You can read Tracy's blog about it, but I won't tell you the story. But we entered the green card lottery, and um, millions of people apply. And uh, guess what? We got selected first time. So it was like, oh, we better go to America.
0: So you felt like God was kind of leading you. In that. Yeah, and, I definitely. And felt you'd like had it. you'd had some dreams too, right? To
8: yeah, Evan and I um, both. Had a dream on the same night we were sharing uh, on a run the following morning what we'd dreamt, and we we'd both dreamt that we'd flown into new york and it was particularly unusual for Evan because he doesn 't usually remember his dreams. I remember mine in vivid detail, um, so we were like oh, wow that 's fascinating maybe maybe god 's speaking to us through dreams, so we sort of kept that on the back burner for many, many years and yeah, as it turns out, um, sort of nothing was happening, nothing was happening and then through various circumstances, we thought, well, maybe we should push doors and enter the green card lottery. Some people might know it as the diversity visa. So Interestingly enough. So, yeah. So, we did that. And, yeah. Evan didn't actually win. I won. <laughs> but I brought him along. <laughs> she took me along.
7: So, <laughs> so uh, it's actually just to say that the, lot- the lottery is, it's called a diversity visa. And... Um, American, I think like constitution, you have to allow 50,000 immigrants in every year and their families. So it's quite an amazing thing and it's very typical of America. It's a land of immigrants. So So,
0: so, yeah. so until you had that dream though, you hadn't been thinking, oh, I, we'd love to go to America. You'd love to leave that terrible place there. And, <laughs> no, and, we were actually- uh, Unlike Ian who's been dreaming of coming to America forever. <laughs>
8: We actually, were, we born and bred South Africans, fourth generation South Africans, and uh, obviously not from England or Australia as so many people um, identify us by our accents. Um, our heritage is British though. Um, in the last 12 years we've lived on four different continents and this is actually the continent that we've lived on the longest. And we're, we're sort of, here. yeah.
7: <laughs>
0: so, so, so how is the United States different than you expected? What is it different? pretty much like you thought it is. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we we watch a lot of TV. You knew what you were (laughs) getting into.
8: South Africa has a lot of American television programs, so we're like, oh, it's like this in real life too.
0: (laughs) But there's no cowboys in New Hampshire.
7: Well, that's true, yeah.
0: So you were a a part of a New Frontiers Church uh, in in a lot of different places. So did that help when you came to the United States?
7: Yeah, so... um so the whole process of, so we went to be part of the church plant in Brooklyn and that was really essentially because we were part of New Frontiers International and um, we literally didn't know anyone on the East Coast, didn't even know Ian or, I think we knew Sam, but that was about it um, from this part of the world, but because of our connection through New Frontiers we, we got hold of Seth and because we were interested in New York, and ended up joining them in the in the plant there. That's through being worldwide connected, yeah.
8: I know um, many people who just come to this local church might not know um, the significance of being part of a wider body, um, like for us specifically, having lived in so many different countries, we've been able to feel completely at home in any church that we've ever been in because the New Frontiers churches have, um, their values are so similar and it's amazing it's amazing to think that wherever you go in the world you can find a body of believers who have the same values as you and you'll just feel completely comfortable there and always welcoming friendly
0: so uh do you think it's easier or more difficult to be a christian in the United States than in south africa
7: um i think so South Africa' is interesting because it's 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 first world, third world together, so it's Western and African in a sense, you know, um, side by side. And so I think in the African, the the, um, black African culture is more Christian, um, and so there'd be more openness to Christianity, whereas in the white uh, white cultures, it would be more like England and here in terms of the attitude towards Christianity.
8: One thing that's... um Quite different is if you want to talk about Christianity or being a Christian to um, people in the Western culture in Cape Town, you don't have to immediately think that you'll be judged as, oh, they must be anti this and anti that and anti, you know, all of those kind of things. Whereas here it seems like um, Christianity can get um, how do I politicized. Yeah, can get politicized. So it seems like. Um, you, you might get judged, if, if you say you're a Christian, you might get judged as being part of a certain political movement that might be anti a lot of things. So I, I remember, remember Sam mentioning the other day that he was witnessing to people in the airport, a gay couple, and he was almost reluctant to say that he was a Christian. Whereas I didn't feel that as much in South Africa. I didn't feel that all gay people would think that Christians are anti-gay people. So that, it feels a little bit more like tricky here.
0: So, Ivan, mean, you, you were worship leader at Jubilee Church in Cape Town for many, many years. When, when that church, uh, when you initially were there, it was, was not a, um, a multiracial, multicultural church. So, so how did you, you know, through worship, you, you helped change that? So, what did you do?
7: Yeah, so we, we, because if you know the history of South Africa, we had the apartheid system, which was, means separateness, so... Um, the black people were shoved out into their own areas. It was called the Group Areas Act. So essentially we had separated communities. So white people would live in their communities and black people would be in their communities. And, and the only time you'd ever associate with black people was when they were your maids and gardeners. And, and that was about it really. Um, so in our community where the church was, there were no uh, residential black folks living. So. Um, we had to prophetically um, make a decision to reach across the not only just the the color divide, but also the geographical divide. Um, so it was quite. And, a, it was a very. And um,
0: it's, a, it's a language divide. too. And a language
7: it? divide completely. Yeah. So it was um, a very concerted effort, in a prophetic action thing. So um, in terms of the worship, um, clearly remember our elders, and deciding that we... To to get the ball rolling, we said, we want two two songs a meeting. That's it, in a different language.
0: <laughs> e- even though you didn't have people... Even though we didn't
7: have... We had maybe, like, four or five um, people of of different colours. So.
8: And just like um, Funzo was saying earlier, it's amazing how I... Um, you wouldn't say so now, but I was, like, really... Um, I was uncomfortable about that and i was like i don't understand why we're singing a song in a different language if there's only two people in our church that speak that language but then as as funzo was saying the the vision comes from the elders and it comes from the leaders of the church and they started speaking into it and explaining that you know and i like what funzo said it's good to feel uncomfortable sometimes you grow when you're uncomfortable if you're just comfortable the whole time you stay in the same place so now i'm like it's hard for me to get through a Sunday where we aren't singing an African song. And obviously, like here, we do it less. So it's amazing how like, I went from being anti to now like, I need it.
0: So uh, we're gonna finish with a song now.